Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Adam and Eve, they loved to walk in the garden in the evening. You know, after a day of work of tending the garden, they like to relax and spend time together walking in the the Bible talks about later on the cool of the evening. The beauty of the evening. And they love to spend time together. But sometimes I think Eve liked to get ahead of Adam. Just a little bit ahead. Adam would get distracted by, Squirrel, hey Eve, you gotta come check out this squirrel. Or, oh, hey, hey, look at this bear. Oh, it's beautiful. He would see some new animal and he would want to go check it out. And Eve's like, hey, you go check it out. That's fine. Because Eve, she liked to get to her favorite spot in the garden just ahead of Adam because she liked to look at these two beautiful trees the most beautiful trees in the whole garden and one of them she ran up to and she ripped off one of the fruit and mm, that tasted great she loved this fruit Mm, this was the tree of life and I can imagine Adam had put a sign in front of the tree of life And he painted on there, E-A-T, eat. You could eat as much of the fruit off the tree of life as you wanted to. It seems like eating off the tree of life was one of the ways that Adam and Eve maintained their immortality. They would never die or never get old. And part of it was because they ate off the tree of life. And oh, she loved it and the beautiful leaves and fruit. But she looked over and next to it, was another beautiful tree. Oh, this tree was even prettier, I think, you know? The leaves glistened in the sunlight, and she looked back at Adam, and Adam still messing around with a squirrel, and she's there by herself. She's like, I wonder if I could eat of the fruit of this tree, and the fruit just glistened. But then she looked down at the sign, and I can imagine Adam painted another sign and this sign said do not eat and bang bang put it right there in front of the tree so Eve would know you could eat as much of the tree of life as you want but there was one tree just one tree you could not eat of and that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil but man I imagine Eve was thinking fruit there looks great Man, the fruit off of that tree looks awesome, and I, and I wonder what it's like. But Adam says we can't eat. God told us we could eat of any tree in the garden, and we could especially eat off this tree of life. But Yahweh, God said we can't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Basically, God made what we call a covenant with Adam and Eve. Covenant is a 
big theological word for basically what we would call a contract. If the people accomplish certain things, God would then bless and give his people something. If I go to buy a car, we agree on a price, and the person selling me the car says, all right, I agree with that price, and so we sign a contract, and for this price, they will give me that car, and boom, it's done. It's sort of the same thing here. God made a covenant with Adam and Eve and said, listen, you can have perfection. Beautiful weather all the time. No mosquitoes. Work is fun. Everything is great. Perfect communion with me and with each other. The only thing that I ask of you is to not eat of this one tree. You can eat off an orange tree. You can eat off an apple tree. You can especially eat off the tree of life. You just can't eat off this one tree. That's it. Will you do it, Adam and Eve? And I'd be like, hey, sign me up. Perfection, wonder, everything's great. And all I have to do is not eat of this one tree. I can do that. And I wonder if Eve's thinking, why can't we eat of that tree? And man, that fruit looks so great. And she's thinking these things when I can imagine she feels a bump on her shoulder and she looks over and. Oh, hey, hi, how you doing? It's the serpent. Hey, they begin to have a chat. And if you turn to Genesis chapter three, all of a sudden we see Eve talking to a serpent. Now, I have lots of questions here. Number one, why in the world is Eve not freaked out talking to an animal? Now, I do want to clarify when we see the word serpent, we think now of a snake, right? Skirling along the ground. When you think of a serpent, that's what you think of as a snake. But back then, this was probably a creature standing up on legs of some kind. Some people believe that word serpent could be translated the idea of a dragon. So imagine this beautiful dragon there. And it talks about how the serpent was more crafty. And this idea isn't always negative of being evil and crafty. It's more this idea of it could be intelligent and, and smart and beautiful. So you could imagine not a snake, but this beautiful creature standing up. Some people think the word serpent could actually be translated shining or shining one. Eve might have been talking to some sort of angelic being because it seems like the angels were able to interact and come down to the Garden of Eden. I sort of merged the two. I think what we have here is Eve definitely talking to an animal. And maybe this animal was this beautiful shining dragon. A shining velociraptor or T-Rex is sort of what I imagine. This, we may not know for certain what the serpent looked like, but we do know this. Inside that serpent was a supernatural being, an angelic being, a fallen angel, a demonic being who was using that animal to try to trick Eve, to try to get Eve to sin, that being inside that animal was what we would call today Satan. And Satan, as we know him today, right, is the head of all the fallen angels. The Bible talks about him being the prince of this air, the ruler of the air down here on earth. But all of a sudden in Genesis chapter 3, Satan, boom, shows up and he's inside a serpent trying to trick Eve. Where did Satan all of a sudden show up from? Where did he come from? 
See, what I'd like you to do is if you have a Bible, turn to Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, and we find out about the origins of this creature, of this angelic being called Satan. See, God existed eternally. He still exists. He has no beginning and no end. He exists as a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he created everything. He created everything in the natural world, but he also created everything in the supernatural world. And the supernatural world is full of what we would call little g-gods, or some people like to call them angels, and some angels have different jobs. Well, it says in Ezekiel 28 that God, Yahweh, created Satan. But back then he wasn't known as Satan. Instead, in Isaiah 14, it seems like God created this beautiful, angelic creature called Lucifer. In Isaiah 14, it talks about the dawn star, which is translated this word Lucifer. So he was, at one point, Lucifer. God created him. He was the second in command. He was the highest of highest archangels. You know, you might have heard of some archangels. Michael the archangel or Gabriel the archangel. Well, at one time there was this archangel named Lucifer. And Ezekiel 28 talks about how Lucifer was beautiful. It says there in Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 12 it says that you were the signet of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty now that idea of you were the signet of perfection i guess i'm not a hebrew scholar but that is a really hard phrase to translate but it's this idea that you were the high point of all my angelic creation you were beautiful in verse 13, every precious stone was your covering. So his skin was covered in sardius, topaz, diamonds, beryl, jasper, sapphire. He created Lucifer, beautiful, jewels all over his body. And it says there also in verse 13 that you were in Eden. He was in the garden of God. He was there. God created this beautiful creature this archangel. Now, when you think of an archangel, sometimes you think of a little baby flying around. Well, this Lucifer, he was a cherubim. He wasn't some cute little cherub flying around with four wings. No. It says there in Ezekiel that he was a guardian of the very throne of God. He was a throne guardian angel. So imagine this big angel with beautiful diamonds and jewelry and stones embedded in him all over, but he was tough because he guarded the very throne of God. Some people believe he also was a musician and was the head worship leader, essentially, of heaven, leading all the billions of angels in worship of Yahweh. And he would lead them in a song he wrote, just praising Yahweh, praising his name. But then, something happened. And I know, it says in Isaiah 14, that he began to look at himself. And at some point, he looked at God and he looked back at himself. And he thought to himself, hey, 
Why don't I get some of this praise? Why don't I get this adoration? Why does it always go to God? And, you know, I wrote that song. Maybe he was thinking to himself, and, and look at me. I am beautiful. And he begins to think to himself, why don't I get some of this praise? And he keeps using the word I, I. And it says there in Isaiah 14, verse 13, he says, You have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will set my throne on high. I will ascend to the heights. In verse 14, I will make myself like the most high. The very first sin that brought destruction into this whole world. You know what the very first sin was? It was pride. Lucifer was like, why can't I get some of this praise? I deserve this just as much as God. Me, me, me. Pride, pride, pride. And instead of giving the glory to God, which the Bible says is the end of all creation, is the end of everything, to give glory to God in the middle of our suffering, in the middle of our joy, we're supposed to give glory to God. Instead, Lucifer said, turn it all on me. I deserve this. I, I, I. And that first sin was pride. And it says in Revelation chapter 12 that he got a third of the angels, a third of the angels. I can imagine Lucifer said, hey, why are we always praising Yahweh? You should praise me. I've done some great things. And what about you? You've done some awesome things. You need a glory. And he began to start a revolt. And it says he got a third. And we're talking about millions and millions and billions and billions of angels. And I don't know how long this battle or this revolt lasted for. But it says that Satan, Lucifer, led a revolt and he got a third of the angels to come after him and to try to overturn the glory and majesty of God. And I don't know if it lasted a long time and it was a battle with Michael and Gabriel. And that would be an interesting story to know. Or if God just said, hey, I'm all powerful. I'm tired of you. Bloop. And just kicks him out of heaven. I don't know, but it says... Lucifer lost, and he was kicked out of heaven, thrown down to earth, thrown down to the abyss where he rules, forever removed from the presence of God. And so here's Lucifer. We see him here again in Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says that he is the prince of the power of this air. He's the prince of it down here on earth. He likes to rule in sin. And it says that he is a prowling lion looking whom he may devour. And here he wants to devour Eve. He wants to see her sin. Because again, he looks at this garden and everything is beautiful. Everything is wonderful. But Satan, Lucifer thinks, you know... If I can bring this down, if I can bring it all crashing down, the one thing I've got to do is get Adam or Eve to sin against God. I've got to get Adam or Eve to break this covenant they made with God. And you know what he's thinking? Once I do that, sin comes into the world. 
And then guess what? Adam and Eve will be full of sin. And they'll have to be rejected by God. And then they'll produce children who will then be little sinners. And then those little children will sin. And then they'll produce other children who are little sinners. And then on and on. See, Satan can't reproduce himself. The angels were created at the beginning of creation. Some people think day two or day six. But the angels were created. And the third that fell with Satan, that's all he's got for his kingdom. Since Satan and demonic angels can't create anything, if they could get Adam and Eve who can produce offspring and then they produce offspring and then they produce offspring and if they're all fallen into sin, guess what? They're not going to want to follow Yahweh. Instead, they're going to follow Lucifer. They're going to follow Satan. And then he's got his whole little kingdom. And then his whole little kingdom can raise their fist in anger against God and try to rebel. I just got to get Adam or Eve to sin. And here is Lucifer. The form of a serpent. He comes to Eve and he says, Hey, is it true that God said you cannot eat of any of the trees here in the garden? Lie number one. And Eve responds correctly and she says, No, that's not true. God didn't say that we can't eat of any of the trees in the garden. It says there in verse 1, Satan says, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any of the trees in the garden? In verse 2, Eve responds properly, No, that's not true at all. She says, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat. And then she adds, You shall not even touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, and I wonder if Adam wrote, do not eat, and then in little letters, don't even touch, because he wanted to make sure him and Eve didn't even come close to sinning. Lie number one, the serpent said, you can't eat of any of the trees, and she's like, no, we can, just not this one tree. We can't eat of it. We can't even touch it. And then she adds, because God says, if we do it, we will die. But then... Satan says to Eve, you're not going to die. You will not surely die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. You're not going to die. In fact, God's keeping something awesome from you by not letting you eat of that tree. The ability to know good and evil, the ability to be like God, you are missing out. See, kids, whenever we're tempted to sin, we face the two basic temptations that Eve faced. Are we going to listen to the lies of Satan? Or are we going to trust the promises of God? God said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, lest you die. That's a promise. But Satan said, don't trust the promises of God. You're not going to die. 
And then the second thing we're tempted in is this sense that if we don't do this sin, we are missing out. God is holding back something awesome from you. Every time you're tempted to sin, it's those two basic things. Do I trust the promises of God? Or do I believe instead that I am missing out? Whenever I get on the computer and surf the internet and I hit that website, I know I shouldn't go there. I know I shouldn't. It's a sin. It'd be wrong. It'd be hurting God. And God says, don't go to that website. Trust me. God says, I will be everything you need. I will provide all your needs. I am sufficient. If you know the Lord is your savior, he says, I am everything you need. I promise to meet all your needs. Trust me. But that website says, no, you can't trust God. Man, you are missing out. There are some awesome things to see on this website. And man, it'll bring you so much pleasure. Don't trust the promises of God. Trust the lies of Satan and you are missing out. Or maybe at school when you're tempted to cheat. Hey, everybody else is cheating around you. You are missing out. And God says, no. Again, trust me. Let's say you do bad on that quiz, but I am sufficient for you. I am everything you need. I will provide all your needs. I will be your buckler and I will be your shield. Isaiah 64, 4 says, No eye has seen nor ear has heard any God besides our God who works for those who wait on him or trust in him. But Satan says, No, if you don't cheat on that quiz everybody else is, you're going to fall behind. And why study hard for a quiz when you could just cheat like this? You are missing out. You need to go outside and play with your friends. You need to go outside and do something else. Whatever temptation it happens to be that you're facing, you want to get mad at your little brother because he just ruined your time on your Xbox. He just ruined that level and you just want to punch him in the face. Or at school, you just want to make fun of that girl who smells and looks odd. And, and you just want to sit there and gossip and gossip and talk about people behind their back. That's a sin. And before you're tempted to do that, you have a choice. Do I trust the promises of God who says, believe me. Don't talk about people behind their back. The Bible is full of verses about not speaking evil, being tender-hearted and kind, turning the other cheek. Don't hit your little brother when he hits you. Don't be mean. When your mom and dad say, hey, clean up your room, don't try to put it off and say, well, if, if I obey my mom and dad, then I'm going to miss out on this, miss out on that, and I'd rather stay here working and playing around and... God says, no, obey your parents, for you will live long on the earth. And it says, and this is a commandment with promise. So Eve, she looks at the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she looks back at the serpent. And I can imagine Adam, I think he's there by now. I think he's watching it from a distance. I think he's listening. Because he wonders what the fruit tastes like himself. And he wonders whether he can trust God as well. But he looks at the serpent. And the serpent says, trust me, you're missing out. And Eve thinks to herself, do I trust what the serpent says? Or do I trust God? 
Does God really have my best at heart? Can I trust his promises? Or do I believe those lies and that I'm truly missing out? Eve looks at the serpent. She looks at the fruit. And then, well, if you come back next week, we'll find out what Eve does. And you can read ahead, of course, in Genesis chapter 3 and find out what Eve does. But I just want to encourage you, kids, at the end of the day, if you have asked Jesus to save you, you are a follower of Christ. And one thing I would encourage you to do is to begin to memorize scripture. And in particular, memorize some promises that when you get discouraged or when you get scared, you're like, you could memorize Philippians 4.19. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's a great verse to memorize anytime you get discouraged, you know. Memorize some scripture. If you know God is your Savior, trust that he loves you. Romans 8.28 would be another great verse to memorize. Look it up. But kids, it all starts with whether you know Jesus and adults too. And if you've never, ever asked him to save you, if you've never personally, not because your parents are saved, not because you've been baptized, but you have said, hey, Jesus, I need to be saved. I'm going to hell. I'm going to be separated from you forever. And you think of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life that's another promise you can memorize and the bible is simple you know how you get saved ask the bible says all who call upon the name of the lord shall be saved you just got to ask jesus to save you and he promises he will and then once he saves you man you can rest in those promises of god for the rest of your life and I pray that you get saved today. And hey, I hope you join us next week as we find out, does Eve eat that fruit or doesn't she? Baldhead Bible Podcast is created by Dr. John Katzian. Music composed and performed by Elijah Katzian. Edited by Lincoln Katzian. If you would like to listen to more of Baldhead Bible Podcast, please subscribe. New episodes added every week. 